This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Jalen Hurts is not playing his best right now. What's the biggest issue for the Eagles offense? It seems to me that it's pretty easy to spot. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. We are presented by our good friends at Progressive Insurance. Don't forget to follow us on social media. On Instagram, you can hit up Joe at Jay Fortenbaugh, me at that guy Carlin, and, of course, the show at Carlin versus Joe. You know, we look at the Eagles' offense right now. They are 5-1, and one, but we both know, and everybody knows, that they have played nowhere near their level of a season ago, Joe. To me, this is exceptionally easy to see, and it's the fact that Jalen Hurts is now working with Brian Johnson as his offensive coordinator as opposed to Shane Steichen. And it's not knocking Brian Johnson, but when you look back and you realize that the Eagles, that Hurts against the Jets in a tight game the other day, threw the football 45 times this year, uh, this week, 45 times against the New York Jets, who, by the way, have the 26th-ranked run defense in the NFL, that would strike me as a disconnect between the offensive coordinator and the quarterback getting into a rhythm. Perhaps, perhaps, 35-and-a-half passing attempts per game this season for the Eagles. 35-and-a-half, that ranks 12th in the NFL. You go back to last season, they were throwing the ball 31.2 times per game. That was 24th in the NFL. So about four more passes per game. That might not seem like much, but it is. It is to your point. Obviously, the first correlation you're going to draw here is the offensive coordinator. Just like if the defense had fallen off, you'd be looking at the defensive coordinator because they lost both Jonathan Gannon and um, Shane Steichen in the offseason, the head coaching job. Steichen, the offensive coordinator, went to Indianapolis. Gannon, the defensive coordinator, went to Arizona. You know, you're 5-1. I, I, I wrestle with what the, what the potential issues are because we've, we've seen this year after year with the team that loses the Super Bowl. The following year is rarely anywhere close to what we saw the year before. And I'm not going to claim a curse or a jinx or anything like that. It's just you end up getting a tougher schedule. You're probably not going to be as healthy because any team that makes a Super Bowl run is generally going to be a healthy football team. And the Eagles are battling some of those injuries right now. Darius Slay and Jalen Carter were out for the last game. Lane Johnson got banged up on the offensive line. So I think the natural the natural finger pointing will go to the offensive coordinator for any of the issues they're having right now. But you throw in injuries, you throw in schedule and some other stuff. None of it really surprises me if the Eagles take a step back, because if there's anything history has taught us about the team that loses the Super Bowl, they're pretty much destined to take a step back the following year. I get that. Um, And the Eagles are still running the ball plenty. I mean, they are second in the league in rushing this season. The issue is not that. The issue is where the chemistry is in situational football like this past week. That feels like one of those games, Joe, where between the coordinator and the quarterback, it just got a little out of whack. And nobody really realized that's one of those games you look down at the end. Holy crap, we threw it 45 times? What what did we do there? What were we... How did that get away from us there? That is not something that really happened last year. And we have plenty of coordinators to go and point at around the league and say they're a problem. This is not the case with Brian Johnson yet. I think it's a relationship that is in the midst of being put together 
that they're feeling each other out still, even though they've worked together before, because it is a different role. I, I do buy into that. But it's not necessarily the only thing. Here's Dan Orlovsky uh, on Get Up on Monday on what he sees with the Eagle offense and what maybe some of the issues are, or at least one of them specifically. I do think Philadelphia is forcing the football just a little bit to A.J. Brown. You know, the interception, this is a great play by Jermaine Johnson. It's a fine line. I don't want to talk out both sides of my mouth here, but A.J. Brown has like 50% of their receiving yards. They have too many good receiving options in Dallas Goddard and and Devontae Smith for him to be 50%. And I get that um, because you do have too many other weapons, Joe. And he was the one that just a few weeks ago popped off and wasn't terribly happy about his uh, current situation with where he was getting the football, how much. Yeah, there was an issue there. To your point on the Jets game and how often they threw the football, let's think of it like this. You shouldn't how many times did you say they threw it? Forty five? Yeah. You shouldn't need to throw the ball forty five times in a game where you lead or are right. tied for fifty eight minutes. Right. They did they, they they were not trailing in that game until inside of two minutes when the Jets scored that touchdown late in the game. So you don't need to throw 45 times in a game where you're leading pretty much the entire way. That's not really the, the right strategy, to your point, because you want to be able to drive down the clock. Now, the A.J. Brown situation is interesting because there was a little bit of beef early in this season where he didn't seem like he was getting the ball enough. Is he going to be a me guy or is he going to be a team guy? It's not like we haven't seen this at the wide receiver position before. Currently, A.J. Brown with 60 targets on the season. Only three guys have more. Jamar Chase in Cincinnati makes plenty of sense. Puka Nakua with the Rams makes plenty of sense because they've thrown the ball a ton and Cooper Cup was injured for a bunch of games to start the year. And then Stephon Diggs with the Buffalo Bills. Those are the only guys with more targets. So if you're going out of your way to force the ball to A.J. Brown, eh, might not necessarily be the worst idea because he is an ultimate one of the ultimate playmakers in the nfl but you do have a lot of options on this offense to orlovsky's point Devonte smith has to be involved and what you've seen from deandre swift so far this season he's got to be involved because he looks like a tremendous acquisition from the offseason so the balance is going to be the key because the more guys key on aj brown the more that's going to open up the field for everybody else and if they're not keen in on aj brown then they're making a mistake and you got to take advantage of it they're working through a new offensive coordinator it's going to take time given that you're five and one in mid-october i'd say the situation could be far worse work the kinks out by playoff time while you work towards acquiring at least the nfc east crown and hopefully for your sake the number one overall seed because if you check those boxes and you're ready to go by playoff time this will all be just a distant memory to dan's point the exact number right now of receiving yards that aj brown has percentage of the eagles total receiving yards is 44%. Last year, that number was 34. Right? It was broken up a lot better because he's right. You do have a lot of weapons that you have to incorporate into that offense. Now, having said that, do the Eagles really need Julio Jones? Like, what is the point of bringing in Julio Jones? I, I don't think that's anything silly or reactionary. I was just like, really? Okay, I, I guess. But I don't really know where Julio Jones fits in here when we're talking about all of those weapons you already have. Like, of the places where I think he would have ended up, it's one of the last. Correct. And and I think on the surface, you see the news, and Julio Jones is a big name. 
not anymore from a production standpoint, but he's a big name that we're all familiar with. He's had a hell of a career. And then going to the Eagles, you might think, oh, my God, the rich get richer. Well, first of all, number one, there's a reason he was available, right? It's not mm-hmm. like every team in the NFL is just loaded at wide receiver and supply and demand got the better of Julio Jones. He's on the downside of his career. That's number one. Number two, the first thought for me when I see deals like this is someone dinged up on the roster because that's what it could be. It could yeah. really just be the Eagles assessing the position and saying, all right, we got a couple guys that are dinged up. We lost some depth earlier on the year. Let's bring somebody in. Jones comes in and works out. They like what they see. They sign him. This isn't a deal to put the team over the top. This isn't a deal to where they're going to trot out prime A.J. Brown, prime Devontae Smith, prime DeAndre Swift, or Devon, yeah, prime Devontae, I'm getting DeAndre Swift, Devontae Smith. There's a lot to track here, Carlin, as you can see. I and know. then prime Julio Jones and just deploy an all-time offense at you. Like, it feels like a depth piece because someone might be dinged up. Uh, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, I do need to address one other thing regarding Dan. And I need to get your take on this. We have detailed front to back how many times Dan has had just atrocious food takes. And he honestly, he does it. Dan Dan is the Skip Bayless of food takes. Let me just fire something utterly absurd at you. Let's take it easy. Orlovsky's a good guy. (laughs) But of food takes specifically. He, I think that Dan is trying to shock you with some of the things that he says. Okay. But yesterday, I am flipping through TikTok, as any normal 50-year-old man would do. And I am looking. <laughs> I, I happen to come across Laura Rutledge's thing on, you know, I was following her on TikTok. And she has a, a video from earlier in the week uh, from the set of NFL Live where there are three or four things that look like small little pebbles or rocks that are on the desk. And she asks Dan, what are these? Are these seashells? What are they? No, they're Mentos. Mentos. Mentos, like the little refreshing, you know, minty kid. Oh, I'm familiar with the treat. Thank you. Yeah. Well, just in case. But what's he doing with them? Dan would put the Mentos in his mouth and just, it's unclear if he would actually chew them or just suck on them for a little bit just to get the minty flavor, but then spit them out. And put them on the desk because he did not want to, quote, eat the sugar that is inside of a Mentos. Okay. That's flat out disgusting. Oh. And that you would subject that to other people that you work with. I mean, Laura in the video says, I'm nauseated and I was nauseated for her. This is this is by far the most absurd thing that I've ever seen from Dan food related from a man that eats, you know, nothing but grilled chicken all day. Okay, I can respect that, but eats it with ketchup. Like, dude, you know how much sugar's in ketchup? I mean, what Mentos and putting it on the desk. Joe, that's disgusting. So the first thought when you see something like this is if you try to use a mindset where you're looking for opportunity at every turn, you think, okay, there might be an opportunity here. Maybe there are lots of people like Orlovsky who want – a minty flavor in their mouth, but they don't want to consume the sugar that comes with Mentos. That's reasonable. That's reasonable right there. Can we find a product that they can switch to that might satisfy their request? Yeah, it's oh, called wait. an Altoid. <laughs> yeah, see, it's a way to step in and grab the punchline there. Oh, I mean, sorry. unbelievable. As the, the joke is being set up, here comes the back of the audience yelling out the punchline for everybody. Yes, Altoids, 
gum. There are literally 500,000 products that are out there for you to get the minty flavor without the sugar. So it's interesting that he would bypass all of those to go right to the mento. The mento must have such a very distinct, pleasurable experience for him that these other more efficient mechanisms for the minty flavor are something he's turning down. It, it, it's wild to me. It's absolutely wild. I agree with you. It's wild. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's that disgusting. part I'll leave to you. Yeah, like there that, is, that video itself is, is, is interesting. If Dan is not in front of HR, <laughs> something's wrong. Something's wrong. And yes, you think I, HR has ever dealt with something like that? Probably. Uh, uh, Actually, uh, now that you think about it. I mean, you know... Dan also strikes me as a guy that takes his shoes off publicly a lot. Like, I bet Dan does it on the plane. I bet he does it on the plane. I think he's had a take like that before. We did a, uh, a mega cast with the NFL Live crew when we were out here, Daily Wager in uh, Vegas for, a, I think it was a Monday night game. And Orlovsky, by the third quarter, had his shoes off on the set. I remember. I remember thinking, like, imagine the juice you must have at ESPN to not only take your suit jacket off during a live broadcast, but to take your shoes off as well and just casually walk around throughout the course of the mega cast. Yeah. That's juice right there, Carlin. Oh, it definitely is. That's juice. And, you know, just to follow up, I am the guy in the back of the theater that would yell, that's what she said. Never in doubt. I never once doubted that. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, <laughs> and on the ESPN app. Hey, we've got some major news on three franchise quarterbacks. We'll tell you about it next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Quarterback news coming in from all over the place. Joseph, first of all, this morning, how about this? Anthony Richardson done for the season. He will have season-ending surgery on that shoulder. Here is Colts owner Jim Ursay with the update. For us, after going through what we went through with Andrew Luck, it's tough and it's very tough. 
on Anthony Richardson personally. You know, he took it very hard. It's been hard on him. Uh, you know, it's just like when Adrian hurt his knee in 2001. It was it was difficult and tough. Um, you know, when you're a young player like that and and you have an injury like that. But uh, um, you know, we feel you know there's every reason to believe that you know he can come back and be all of you know who he can be. You know, we you know we um, we saw what we have in the future there with the playing time he had in there so we know um, and that's a nice thing to know that you saw you know what you have there we're you know we're obviously disappointed but what are you going to do you have to push on and that's all you can say listen I, I think the issue here for Anthony Richardson is just a need to play and that's kind of what bothers me because He really was only a full-time starter one year at Florida. Accuracy was something that he struggled with. It wasn't as much of an issue this season, but he really, truly has to learn how to not take as many hits as he is, Joe. Yeah, so this is a complete disaster for the Indianapolis Colts. There's no other way to put it. And that's not hyperbole, and that doesn't mean he can't come back and have a great career. It's just a complete disaster. You have a front office led by... Uh, Chris, what's his last name? I'm, I'm blanking on that. Who, at Ballard? The Chris, uh, Chris Ballard, yeah. Thank you for that. Chris Ballard, yeah. the general manager. He's come under some heat in recent years. Ballard was a well-thought-of mind coming out of Kansas City when he took that job. I was, I'm a, I was a big fan of his. I'm still a big fan of his. But the way in which they've constructed the team the last few years, they just haven't gotten the desired results. It didn't go well with Frank Reich at head coach. It didn't go well with Carson Wentz. Phillip Rivers was a stopgap, and that kind of worked for a year, but it wasn't a long-term solution. You bring in Matt Ryan, it's just years of aging quarterbacks or quarterbacks with issues like Wentz. And then finally you decide after all this time, we got to get this thing on track. Because the clock's ticking on Ballard as GM in Indianapolis. So they say, we're going we're gonna to draft somebody. We're going to finally draft and develop. And with the number four overall pick, they bring in Anthony Richardson. Two issues with Richardson. One, his ability to process information and consistently produce in the passing game. We know he's a great athlete. We know he can run the football. We know he can make big-time passes. Can he do it consistently? Because we didn't see a lot of that at Florida. But he was a developmental project, so it's going to take some time. Number two, can you stay healthy? Because you take a lot of shots when you're running. This is an issue for a guy like Lamar Jackson, for Jalen Hurts, for Ben Roethlisberger, for Cam Newton, the big guys who used to run the ball and take big punishing shots. You got 84 passes out of the number four overall pick this season. 84. He completed 59% of those, which is well below the league average. And that's it. His season's done. You drove the Lamborghini off the lot. You made it two blocks down the street and you hit a hydrant. That doesn't mean the Lamborghini's totaled. By no stretches it totaled, but it ain't the same. You've already got issues with it, and you didn't even get a chance to open it up. You didn't get a chance to develop it, to work it in, any of that stuff. So for Indianapolis right now, you couldn't have you, you couldn't have had a worse scenario with your number four overall pick because the franchise, again, is just going to throw another year down the toilet. No one was expecting them to win nine games, Carlin, but to your point, you at least wanted to develop the quarterback yeah. so that next year he could hit the ground running. The most important thing is for him to play. That, that's just all there is to it. I mean, the accuracy, you know, 59.5, and, and here's what's amazing about that. That is improving from where he was in college. Yeah. Like he had five games last year at Florida where he was under 50% completion percentage. Like, that just has to get infinitely better. Number two is Deshaun Watson. 
who had this to say about his status, about whether or not he's going to play Sunday, well, in Indianapolis. Chance to play on Sunday? Uh, I think so. Uh, it just depends on, you know, the process of, you know, the, the medical stuff and the treatment and the rehab that we're doing day to day. So, you know, it's, it's up in there for sure. Up in here. A little sneeze there. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I, I didn't think I was just getting set up with half a sentence and then you were done. That's normally no. not the Carlin I know. No, I listen. So can we just let's pull back the curtain for 90 seconds or 60 seconds here. With as much as I am sneezing lately during what is clearly an allergy laden season for me. Do you want me to sneeze on the air so you can see the shivering walrus or do you want me to kill the switch, as I just did right there, even with the awkward little interlude that was. My answer would be whatever makes you comfortable. No, that's not a good answer. This is not a situation that's about my comfort. It's not about my comfort. You go ahead and you let that sneeze rip. I bet you 60% of people driving around would say bless you in their cars. They'd say bless you. I hope so. We have I, I, reasonable listeners. We have good-hearted listeners. I would believe that you would get a, a few bless you's out there. All right. Can we get a poll on that? All right. Let's find yeah, out. We'll get a poll up. Uh, listen, on Deshaun Watson, the fact that it's up in the air, how long is this going to be? That did not sound – that sounded like a guy that was just being evasive on what yes. his situation was. But it does not sound to me like a guy who was terribly confident in his ability to get back this week. It is a rotator cuff strain. And I'll tell you what. Week by week, it's just getting worse and worse for the Cleveland Browns with this contract. It, it just – last year you had what you had, and you were just hopeful that he could get into a little bit of rhythm toward the end of the season, and you'd hit the ground running this year. And they have run right into a wall with Deshaun Watson. The thing that's going to make this contract look as bad as it is is the fact that you have an all-world defense – yeah. and a highly priced quarterback, and you're going to do nothing with it. Like that, talk about squandering. And that this is something only a franchise like the Browns can do. This is why certain franchises can never get ahead, because they just can't get out of their own way when it comes to bad decisions. And then there are certain organizations that continue to make good decisions. The Eagles moved on from Carson Wentz pretty quickly there, and they found a replacement. Like, you just keep moving. The train keeps moving. In Cleveland, it was, this is going to be our big swing. This is going to solve everything. And somehow, some way, you ended up with the league's best defense, and you are going to squander such a beautiful gift because you can't get the quarterback position right. You thought you had it right. And when it comes to Watson being dinged up, what's the incentive to get back out there? What's the incentive to play hurt? He doesn't have to impress anybody. Nope. None of it matters. That contract is fully guaranteed. It is not one of these fake deals where it's five years, but it's really three. It's not one of these years where it says $120 million guaranteed, but it's only $80 million in practical guarantees. It is all fully guaranteed. Every last dollar. There is no incentive at all for him to rush himself back because, quite frankly, why would there be? You know, wait till you're healthy so that you don't take any heat for playing poorly. All right, quickly, last one. Jonathan Gannon, the Cardinals coach, said today they are designating Kyler Murray for return from the pup list. What that means is he has 21 days to be activated uh, to the 53-man roster. So they're planning on playing him. Right now, uh, Arizona at 1-5 and five is would have the fourth pick if the season ended today. And all this is is let's figure out if this guy can play within our system 
and whether or not we need to draft a quarterback, I think they're Ooh. going to find themselves in a position of needing to draft one. Ooh, if, you, if you're even considering the idea of drafting a quarterback, you can't play him. You can't play him. If he gets hurt, if I believe, I believe, I got to look this up, but if he's not capable of passing a physical sometime around, I think it's the yeah. start of March, it's like dangerous. you're on the hook for like $90 million in guarantees. Yeah. You, you cannot risk him getting hurt. He tears up a knee and can't pass a physical in March, and you're on the hook for $90 million. See ya. The next how many years you're going to be underwater as a franchise. You think he's their guy right now? No, 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 no. I think you activate him, let him work out. Don't actually play him. Don't play him. You're going to get rid of him in the offseason. You don't play him. It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Meanwhile, one NBA star is absent from practice as Kyler Murray is returning to practice. And by the way, the week or the season is starting in about a week. We'll explain next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Where in the world is James Harden? Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. So James Harden did not show up for practice today. Uh, that, according to ESPN and uh, Woj reporting on this, he is looking for a trade, as we know, but um, he had been expected to participate in practice and be around the team but somehow he is not showing up right now now this according to ramona shelburne uh sources told her that after attending the meeting with the team in new york sunday harden has been in houston for the last few days and the franchise allow uh plans to allow harden a chance to explain his absence before deciding how to handle any punishment mm. but mm. I, I mean this, this, this is, is a surprise, right? You're you're surprised, I'd imagine, by this, because this caught me really off guard. Speechless would be a word yeah. that I think would be appropriate. Just befuddled. Does this, like, I know this is the playbook, and I know it has continued to work. Can you keep going back to this well, if you're James Harden? In the NBA, you can. In the NBA, you can. Those contracts are guaranteed. Yeah, right? I know. These guys get whatever they want. Whatever they want, you can't stop them. If they want out, they get out. What would make us believe he's not getting what he wants, at least to an extent, right? He might not get the exact destination, but he's going to get out. Yeah, but here's the thing. If I'm the Sixers, he's a free agent after this year, Mm -hmm. right? If I'm the Sixers, stay home. We're good. Stay home. We got to pay you either way. Nobody wants you. Who, Who wants James Harden right now? Like, if you're a team that is looking to truly contend, can you bring in the cancer that is James Harden to your team? Not no, knowing I mean, what's going to happen? 
Yeah, it's he's not a he's not a championship culture guy. He can put up numbers. He can improve your offensive production. His ability to become more of a facilitator and less of a scorer once they stopped calling all those fouls for some of the ticky tack stuff that got him to the line so much. Once they started reducing his foul calls, a big percentage of his scoring came from the free throw line. So once he wasn't able to get that, he did do a nice job adapting into becoming more of a facilitator, but certainly not this all-world piece that you have to have on on your roster to build around to contend for titles. No. I mean, he's not a he's not a Jokic type player to where everything's going to run through him. There are deficiencies. There are guys that you absolutely want to build around. There are stars that can be a part of winning championships and then there's guys like Harden who just, you know, when you need them to be the star that they're supposed to be, they're not going to be around. I mean, that that 0 for 25 performance, what was it, 25 straight missed three-pointers Houston had against Golden State in that potential yeah. closeout series? Mm-hmm. I mean, he went. He was nowhere there on the big stage. He was nowhere last year in Game 6 and Game 7 when they needed him. Game 1, yeah, he was huge. But they needed him in Game 6 and Game 7. They needed a star there, and neither of the stars showed up. So it's not the type of guy that's going to help help you win a championship. I think we know that by now. So if you're – first of all, Woj is saying that the Sixers and Clippers have talked in recent days, but there's still a massive gap uh, between the two. Like, if you're the Clippers, I'm assuming you're offering exceptionally little. And if you're Daryl Morey, like, if you're – Harden has to understand, look at what just happened with Ben Simmons. Like, Daryl Morey is not backing off of what he wants to do. And I'm sure Harden's annoyed that he gave up money last year and took a team-friendlier deal so they could go out and sign free agents for a chance to win. So you don't win right away, and then you're out? And then it's just get me the hell out of here? Is that the problem? Like, I gave you all this money back, and we didn't win. Well, you know, you played a role in that with the remarkable inconsistency with which you play. We all understand that you can go for 40 any night. We also all understand that you could go for nine points any night as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And you can pout at any moment as well, too. Yeah. Like, what am I waiting for? Like, am I just waiting to for you to put on the fat suit again? I mean, I, I, you know, uh, what is it going to be? Because if I'm Maury, if I'm the Sixers... I don't care that you want to go to the Clippers. I don't care. I'm paying you a fortune. Show up or don't. And if you don't, maybe I'll figure out a way to not pay you. Maybe I'll figure that out. And maybe I'll, I'll really make it sloppy and make your lawyers get involved and make it get ugly for you that way. Yeah, I mean, the, the end of the day here, it comes down to avoiding the distractions the teams that are distractions don't equal championships like there's certain criteria that puts you in contention to win a championship defense is something that over the last 20 plus years if you're not a top 15 teams in terms of in terms of defensive rating you're likely not contending for a title that's just what the metrics show us but no team with distractions like this seriously contends for a championship. You know, they, they, look last year. How, how many distractions were coming out of Denver? None. Yeah. You had no distractions in Denver. But you had distractions in Golden State. Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole the year after winning a title. How'd that work out? Did anyone see how awful Golden State was on the road last year? You're oh. telling me the drama between Green and Poole? didn't carry over it did the road is where guys go to bond right the families aren't with them they're around each other they're going to dinner together they're playing cards together going to see movies playing golf whatever it may be 
When you're that bad on the road and you've never been that bad on the road, that distraction, that issue between Green and Poole, that carried over. And oh, by the way, Poole got traded away. He's no longer with the team. That was a problem for the Warriors last season. Distractions don't equal championships. And sadly, the Philadelphia 76ers are an organization that has made distractions part of their culture. Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, James Harden. It doesn't matter the year. There is always an issue with somebody. Remember the thing with Fultz? Like, he had this this condition. No one had ever heard of it. Yeah. Some doctors didn't know what it was. He ends up getting traded. A huge issue with the number one overall pick. Then you have the issue with Simmons. Now you have the issue with Harden. It doesn't end in Philadelphia. There's always a problem. And it's not a coincidence that they always have some sort of problem from a personnel standpoint, and they can't get past the second round of the playoffs. Because when you're talking about that level of basketball, these distractions are an absolute killer to getting to that level of basketball. Well, they're going to have a bigger level of distraction coming soon as soon as Embiid wants out. And you know that's coming. Yeah, you know I, I, I prefer to just – I'll cross that bridge when I get there. As a Sixer fan, I'll cross that bridge when I get there. I'm not oh. worried about that now. Carla versus Joe. You know what? And also, I don't appreciate you bringing that up. That wasn't even part of what we were discussing here. You don't even need to worry about it. You just were talking about the dysfunction of the Sixers. You focus on Harden. Keep it on the tracks. I don't want to talk about it. You were just hammering the organization for four minutes about how bad it is. Previous issues. I don't want to talk about future issues. Learn from the history, Joe. I already got enough on my plate with current and previous issues. We don't need future issues right now. My What's, God, rooting for that team. It is something else. The God only, bless all the Sixers fans out there. Hey, the only way to save Embiid at this point might be to rehire Sam Hinkie. I, I, I mean, sure, why not? At this point, why not? Carla, bring, bring, bring Dr. J back, too, and Allen Iverson while we're at it. Let's see if we can figure out a way to win some games that way. Joe, you know, most teams that we've talked about were cash in for Caleb. We've made a segment out of it for Pete's sake. But there are some red flags that came up a couple of months ago that are resurfacing right now about the presumptive number one pick. We have got that next. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. teams are already looking ahead to the draft. So you're ready for the draft. All right, it's time to have some fun. It's time to see who has the best odds this week to draft USC's Caleb Williams. The magic man pulls out the magic wand. This is cash in for Caleb. This is an interesting situation. Are we going to start talking and doing radio, or are we just going to sit here and listen to the music? Well, here's the thing. I couldn't hear a damn thing. The birthday what were you hearing? boy. Nothing? The birthday boy. Served me up the old screw job. Handman, I thought you said, oh by the way, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. I thought you said you were going to play. Uh, you're playing something here. What's that? Yeah, I, I did play something. You guys not hear it? No, I, we did not hear it. I heard the music. That's it. And then I, I saw Carlin looking as confused as, well, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Every day. He looked the, quite confused. The gremlins were in, were in the system. I think we got them worked out. Cash in for Caleb. Let's go. All right. Not enough O's and smooth. Carlin versus Joe. <laughs> this feels Radio. very awkward. I don't feel the proper amount of buildup now. You really don't? Are you that disappointed by it? I'm I mean, thinking about pulling the ripcord and just leaving you to solo for this segment. Well, I, I tell you what, let's let's hit the restart button. Caleb Williams, unbelievable. 
Some NFL teams are already looking ahead to the draft. So you're ready for the draft. All right, it's time to have some fun. It's time to see who has the best odds this week to draft USC's Caleb Williams. This is cash in for Caleb. I know you all already knew that, but now we do. So yeah. it's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. You know, this is We are now up to speed on our own segment. <laughs> I know you guys were ahead of us. <laughs> yeah. We're with you, the audience. Thank you for, for patiently waiting for us to catch up to our own material. Don't you feel good about following us into war? Absolutely. <laughs> There's your generals right there. Uh, Joseph, there was this story back in July that didn't get a whole lot of traction that is starting to get a little bit more traction right now. Pro Football Talk reported this uh, back then, a couple of months ago, that representatives of Caleb Williams had been making it known to prospective agents, because he, of course, can't technically have an agent right now, just representatives, that Williams wants partial ownership of the team that selects him in 2024 if he declares for the draft. Now, a source from the league told PFT that Aaron Rodgers attempted to secure equity in his contract discussion with the Jets, and the Jets never had to say no because the league did it for them and every other team uh, previously. Because if you're actively playing, you cannot have an ownership stake unless it is approved uh, across the board in the league. Why is that? Well, because at some point, let's say you're Tom Brady and you have an ownership stake in the Los Angeles Raiders. Can you go and play for somebody else? Oh, no, that makes sense. But you couldn't own a piece of the team you play for? Yeah, apparently not. Even even LeBron James didn't have that in the NBA. Now he, and he's part of ownership groups of other teams with the Fenway Sports Group. But this is probably strictly a rule so that people won't ask so that you won't have to negotiate for this it, sort of thing. It, it, exactly. Because That's if, all like, it is. if it's, LeBron's in his prime and he's a free agent and the Knicks are offering ownership and, you know, like the Bulls are not, he's more inclined to take the Knicks. But they're not going to want to have to give up their piece of the pie with the ownership group. So now I fully understand. All right. Now I'm up to speed with you. I caught yes. up with the audience. Now I've caught up with you. No owner is ever going to give up any piece of owning the team to a player to sign them to play. But more than that, it's not about that per se with me for Caleb Williams right now. It's the fact that he wants that, and that's a priority for him out in front. And I get where players are doing everything they can to be more empowered these days, okay? But that's a red flag to me. You have not taken – it's one thing for Aaron Rodgers to ask for it, and I, I kind of, as much as you know, people think I can't stand Aaron Rodgers, I absolutely understand him trying to do that and secure anything he could from a desperate organization with an owner who very well might turn over a small piece to get him to show up. Agreed. And given what his history is, okay. They are never going to do that for somebody who hasn't taken a snap. And I don't think an owner is ever going to give up a piece of the team uh, to any player ever who's active. But the problem here, Joe, is that's a priority. Or we're going to go out and we're going to try to empower players. I get all that kind of stuff. But now we're asking for ownership, too. Now we want a piece of the team as well. That is a precedent that will never be set by owners. And frankly, I don't think it should be. I, I think that's that's really a bridge too far. 
isn't it at that point? I just I love the fact that if this is true that his his you know team had the uh, the stones to ask for something like that or at least to float that out there. Yeah. This is I mean we've got all the makings of big time drama when he comes into the NFL. I mean, he, it, listen, it could be a scare tactic, right? It could be him trying to scare off teams that are bad that he doesn't want to go play for. And I could be able to scare them all off, though. I mean, there's a look, he's not going to be able to get 30 teams to pass on him so he can land with Kansas City, right? Like, right. that's not going to happen. He's not going to get, he's going to be sitting up there and his choices are going to be, you know, the Bears, the Cardinals the Broncos, it's going to be a lot of bad teams and questionable organizational leadership groups that have an opportunity to procure your services. You're only going to be able to duck so many of them, if any of them, in the buildup to this. I find this fascinating because one hand, you're floating, you want ownership. On the other hand, we're hearing, I believe, from his father not too long ago that if they don't like, you know, the situation in terms of the team that might be drafting them, they might be willing to say no, kind of an Eli Manning situation. There's a lot here, Carlin. This yeah. is a highly touted prospect. He's in Los Angeles. He's already making a ton of money through NIL. He's got the celebrity status. He's won a Heisman Trophy. At every turn, everyone's talking about how great he is. This has all the makings of just high drama come draft day next year. I am very much looking forward to watching this journey. Uh, okay. Can I ask one question? Sure. Uh was he or was he not the guy that we saw a couple of weeks ago against Notre Dame just look awful at times? Yeah, there was, that was not a good game at all. Now, there's a lot to put into effect there. Um, the first thing that jumped out to me, and I had a bet on the over in that game, which one, we tout ourselves a little bit, but don't worry, we've had plenty of losers recently as well. Not enough time to get into all of that. But going into that game, I like the over. And when I saw USC basically take the field for the first time, I thought to myself, my God, I should have bet Notre Dame. All the wide receivers bundled up like it's Lambeau in late January. It's South Bend in mid-October. It was 53 degrees, and these guys were bundled up like it was sub-zero freezing temperatures. Right there you knew they're not going to bring the level of physicality needed to win this game against Notre Dame. And Notre Dame put it on them. Some of that's on Williams. Some of it's on his supporting cast. I'd say it's one bad game. We chalk it up and we move on, but it didn't look good. Those are the games you want to evaluate a guy. I don't care how he plays at home against Arizona. I do care how he plays on the road against a good team. That one didn't look very good. Well, so we'll see how it, it plays out the rest of the year, but I don't think that's ultimately going to hurt him. I understand that. That's my problem, though. They have not played anybody else this year besides no. Notre Dame. And in the one game that he actually had to play well, he was awful. And they're not going to play anyone. Six times. He uh, threw for 199 yards on 37 attempts and three picks. And they're going to play Washington. That game's not going to matter. Washington's great, but offensively, it's not a good defense. He should shred him. If he doesn't, yeah. that's a problem. It's expected that he shreds the Huskies. Listen, I, for me, if you're Caleb Williams right now and all this stuff, this, these are the kind of things that you're looking for, you need to dial it back a little bit. I am all for player empowerment, but let's not get nuts here. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.